Portage Health Foundation is proud to introduce you to Do Good Volunteer of the Month, Emily Kendall Frosty. Emily volunteers with Houghton Keweenaw Communities That Care, a program under Dial Help. She is a dedicated community member that is very passionate about suicide prevention and awareness, especially for youth. She is an advocate for mental health and breaking the stigma that surrounds suicide and the prevention of. If you know an incredible volunteer like Emily, go to dogoodcc.org and nominate them to be recognized as the next Do Good in the Copper Country Volunteer of the Month. Once again, good Sunday morning and welcome to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. You can learn more about them at phfgive.org. There was a time, I'm old enough to remember it, when most of the things we used in America were made in America. And then over the years, it got to the point where a lot of the things that we use in America are made in other far-flung parts of the world. And I think we kind of saw that come home to roost a few years ago as the pandemic checked in and all of a sudden shipping stopped and we didn't have things that we needed to have. So should we be making more things here in the United States? And if we should be, what things should we be making? We have with us this morning from the Superior Fab Lab, Kirsten Hensley and Alex Herzl and Jason Mack. And we're going to talk about making things and what we should make and how we go about it and how we promote that. So good morning to all three of you. Thank you for coming in. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Let me start with you, Jason Mack. What is the Superior Fab Lab? All right. Officially, um, the Superior Fab Lab is a 501c3 nonprofit makerspace organization. Um, Wait a minute. What is a makerspace organization? So that's a great question. So really, we're a group of makers or those interested in making different things out of any kind of material, um, metal, wood, electronics, plastic, you name it, who are curious to learn more about making and also maybe to turn that into uh, whether it's just a, a strong hobby or maybe it's an avenue for um, discovering a new uh, uh, what I want to say, a, a new career path, perhaps. Okay, because there's been a lot of conversation over the last several years now mm-hmm. that we really need to find ways to do more making here in the United States and import less from elsewhere. And we've kind of got to get that restarted. And I suppose, uh, Kirsten, we have to find some new and innovative ways to do this. Certainly, yeah. And, and meeting each other, other makers, and sharing what we each know with each other, it, it, it sparks new ideas. This is kind uh, of an incubator thing then? Uh, yeah, in a way, I think it allows people maybe to incubate their ideas, um, to have access to tools, to be able to try things out with tools without purchasing them. That would be our end goal is to, to enable as well as educate makers in the Q&A. So no matter what stage you're at, you'd be able to approach us with your ideas. To, to add to that, you know, part of this is uh, uh, there are people in this community that have a lot of different skills, you know, whether it's something that was pr- done professionally, if they were a tool and die person to, to an educator, um, but they're everywhere. And so our goal here is to try to get not just necessarily the equipment, because the equipment is static, it stands there, but we need the activity of the people and their education and their experience to bring them together so that they can share that information, share that knowledge to the greater community in, in this community. And then at some point, we need to give them something to do. We need to have a goal for all of this. It's one thing to be able to run a, a stamp machine. Sure. It's another thing to actually have a reason to run the stamp machine. Mm-hmm. Certainly. and But if you don't know who to reach out to or to where you might be curious to see what what how this equipment runs 
or or how to to uh, learn this other skill set. I mean, there's YouTube, there's videos. You know, you can go online and do this. But if you find, say, a mentor or somebody locally that you could learn from directly, I mean, that that kind of activity, that kind of experiential learning. Um, can really greatly expedite that process. And having looked at a number of YouTube instructional videos right. over the years, it's amazing how the things that work for those people don't work at all for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really realize I was this much of a klutz, but I keep trying things and I keep failing and these people make it look so easy. It's really, really helpful to have somebody standing there next to you who knows how it's done, who says, no, 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 just do this a little bit differently. Well, right. and I think that mentorship is really important. I think that you get varying degrees of it within the school systems, and I think some of that starts to fall off a cliff once you get into the general community because you lose access to some resources that you may have had at your school wood shop or at your machine shop or something like that, and you need to bite off an entire career path now to get back into that. Right, and so that's where we come in because we are focused on uh, – uh, getting the community together for our makerspace, for our organization. Because there are uh, these great facilities at K-12 at, uh, and even at the college level. There's the Alley Makerspace at Michigan Tech, for example. And they're great resources from the student perspective. But how can we get students and the greater community together? And that's where mm -hmm. we fit in, is trying to find opportunities for the community and students to learn from one another. Well, and how do we turn what's being done in our schools? And so much is being done mm -hmm. at this point. We have the millage that was passed for career and technical education. That's maker stuff. You've got people Correct. who are building. You've got people who are baking. You've got people who are doing all sorts of things. Um, they need to have something to pa be passed on to once they graduate and once they're out of school, if they still want to continue with these types of fields and doing these types of things. Exactly. And that's where, um, I guess this is where our organization was born. You know, uh, before the pandemic, that's where we got our start. And we started doing uh, weekly instructions and we paired with, nicely with uh, Porridge Lake District Library. They were great to facilitate these monthly learning opportunities. And we started growing. We started doing more of these activities. And then the pandemic hit, you know. And, and that so. shut down a whole lot of things. It, it did. But, you know, we're still here and that's kind of where we are. Um, we're looking to the future and other opportunities and other events that we might uh, uh, help to, to connect with our, our community. So who is involved with this group besides you? I mean, who's welcome? Who's encouraged? Um, nobody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, no, okay. No. Well, bye -bye. we'll just end the segment here and lengthen the next segment along. No, I mean, obviously we're looking for people who are curious about making and maybe they have a certain skill, a certain um, desire to learn something. So we're open for everybody. So, all, right. all jokes aside. Well, and, and people, it, it seems a little vague to me. I have a, a desire to make things. Right. Um, well, that's, that's a broad jurisdiction. Do, do these people have to have some experience making things or just want to make things? What do they want to make? Well, that's it, part of this is listening to the community, listening to those who are interested in this, and then uh, providing that opportunity to them. So, for example, one person we have on our team is a, an experienced blacksmith, right? So he puts on certain... Um, activities or he has done in Lance and, and in our area. And so we're going to help promote his skill set. Um, That's Chris Sutherland. 
Yeah, it yeah, is. He's done, yeah. We've, we've yeah. promoted classes that he's done through the Calumet Art Center. There you yeah. go. Over so, the years. so he's part of our organization too. And so we're going to help promote him and his skill set to see who else might want to learn that skill, for example. So we're, we're, we're leaning on the existing skills set of our, of our community to help promote them and then to find out who else might have that kind of interest. And, and let me come at that with a different angle too. If I were coming off the street, as I did just the other day, with something I needed to do, I had a piece of furniture in my house that is uh, expanded over the years. I'd like to shave some off. I don't have the right tool to do it right, and it's going to look really bad if I do it by hand with a planer just hacking at it. So yeah. we have a Discord that, for example, I joined, and I'm able to ask around and see, hey, is there anyone in the community who'd be willing to help me? I don't have this specialized tool. I would like to see, is this out there? Can I find some help? It turns into a mentorship opportunity. It builds community, and that's kind of where we would expect people off the street right now to start coming in uh, into our organization. Correct. Okay, and say I have either something to offer, something that's unique that somebody might be able to take advantage of, or I have a problem that I need to solve. Exactly. Right. So, now, how much of this goes towards hobbies, and how much of this leans more towards developing skill sets for careers? I think there's a great overlap between those, and it just depends on the individual. Um, I think there are people involved who uh, making is part of their career. I mean, you're, even yeah. Kirsten, you can maybe speak to that in terms yeah. of what you do. The, uh, just my experience at working at a makerspace downstate um, led to my small business of laser woodworking. Okay. And so now I'm a vendor at shows and sell online and um, just love that there's a group up here of, of my people. <laughs> <laughs> Other makers, because, you know, if people are interested in making a lot of times they're interested in other types of making and just expanding into new areas. Now, if you're going to mentor somebody, does there cross your mind that, uh, gosh, this person might be a competitor at some point? This could hurt me? No. No. There's room for everybody. Okay. <laughs> there's room. I know, you know, um, I love teaching people what I do, and I don't see them as competitors. I just see them as allies. We're talking with uh, three people from the Superior Fab Lab, uh, Kirsten Hensley and Alex Herzl and Jason Mack. They have an event coming up that is going to be open to the public. We're going to talk about that in, in just a few minutes, make sure we get... Matter of fact, let's, let's hit that now because I want to make sure that we get all of the information about that. Superior Maker Fest is coming up Saturday, March 18th. Tell me about the Maker Fest. What is it? So what is it? It's it's really a, a celebration of makers in the area. This is our inaugural event. This is something that uh, another member of our organization thought we, we need to have some sort of event just on, maybe on an annual basis to bring all these people together to highlight what it is that they're doing and have some great activities for people of all ages. And so this is an event where we're going to have a number of different activities from, from a Legoland to being able to tear things apart and put it back together again. Um, people learn how to maybe um, take apart and put a computer together, actually have it light up to taking a small engine apart and seeing how it works just to get your almost hands not literally dirty necessarily possibly a little bit dirty um, so we want to have a, a bunch of different activities um, but it's also going to involve some other um, pieces too that where we are going to have speakers from who represent some individuals to even some small businesses to even representing some larger companies in our area that are going to share their knowledge share their experience and share what they do in in terms of making 
Okay, so what kind of companies are coming in? What do you have? So we have companies like uh, Nitrate Elimination out of Lake Linden, um, to um, Matt Monty from Monty Consulting, um, APS Labs, if you're familiar with them, which is uh, a research facility uh, up, up by the airport there that has connections with Michigan Tech, to uh, our, our friends at Chicken Tramper Ultralight Gear in Hancock, and that's just a handful of those who will be presenting and, and telling stories um, and having a Q&A session afterwards about uh, their experience with making and uh, different facets of that. And I am amazed, as I have watched the Copper Country over the years, I am amazed at how many people there are like that who are just kind of small, mm-hmm. under the radar, doing these unique and creative things, and they have found a niche for themselves in some type of industry whether it be manufacturing or retail or something like that, they put something unique together Mm -hmm. and they build not only a hobby, but they build a career for themselves. Well, even this last one with uh, Chicken Tramper Ultralake Gear, are you familiar with them? No, I'm not. So that's an example where there was two Michigan Tech students. Um, They had graduated from Michigan Tech. I'm not even sure if they were from around here originally, but um, they went off to Milwaukee Tools to start working there and they realized, you know what, we have this passion for ultralight um, hiking gear. And so they decided to leave their careers because they had a passion for this and they started their own company. And so they've been, um, uh, they've been in Hancock ever since. They started in a garage and they've since um, connected with different organizations. Uh, they just, I want to say, they just received a, a grant for uh, like a, a industry 4.0 grant from the state. And so they're just up and running and moving forward. And so that started essentially from a hobby and connecting with the right people in this community and the state to then accelerate their business. So they'll be a great one to listen to at our event. How much of this does come out of Michigan Tech? Because I hear this story over and over and over. Uh, you know, Tech graduates, they come up here, they love the area, they don't want to leave the area. Mm-hmm. They have an idea, they decide, I'm not going to go into the big corporate job thing. I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to put myself out there. How much of this is driven by that creative process at Michigan Tech? Um, I, I would say it's a mix. I'll let the, the rest of the team work. You know, there's, you know, for my day job with working with the MTech Smart Zone, I see a lot of this. But I, I would say the, the, the stronger opportunities are more often than not, it's people who have a connection with the community. Because when you think about Michigan Tech undergrads, they're here to get a degree and they have debt to pay off. And it's, it's I would say it's fewer it happens uh, less often than you might think for the undergrads uh, for, to do that. Well, you're right. And, and I guess now that you mention it, the story I hear is in more cases, maybe they go and then they come back. Right. Because they liked it here. And mm-hmm. they got to a point where they could come back, as your, right. as your example, uh, people did. But, boy, there are an awful lot of people who go through Michigan Tech who want to come back here. Oh, sure. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, and I think also amongst the community's ranks, there are many people hidden in the woodwork, like you're saying, that have passions that maybe don't have the ability to get a formal education, that need more experiential learning, that don't need to take it that far to enable what they want to do. I think if you combine that with our local ethos of, hey, we're pretty independent, we might be able to fix our own stuff, you know, in most cases. Um, I think that ethos really pervades our entire community that would, you know, suggest we have a very large market with the community, not just with Michigan Tech grads. Well, and this goes back into what we're doing in the schools at this point with the career and technical education program. Mm -hmm. We're starting to realize that not everybody needs that college degree to have a good job. And a lot of those are maker-type positions. These are people who are going to be doing auto mechanics, uh, 
construction, mm -hmm. things of that nature. These are maker hands-on type jobs, and those are the skills that can translate into what you just said. I've got an idea. I have the skills to put it together. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, at some point, then they need perhaps a little bit of help in terms of marketing it and putting the, the business plan together that might go along the, with it. And there are other th those other organizations in the community that can help in that realm as well, between the SBDC um, and and I'll just, you know, with the MTech Smart Zone as well. Here I'm smiling. Well, <laughs> you, you are with the MTech Smart yeah, Zone. I, and yeah, so it, it, it does kind of dovetail here right. because you get approached, I'm sure, at the MTech Smart Zone by people who have these kind of ideas and come in and say, hey, I got this concept. Well, and that's exactly a big part of my interest with this organization because I have seen enough of that. I have some people who have come in with some great ideas, but they don't have the right team. They need an expanded team or they need somebody with the right kind of skill set. And by getting them connected with an organization like Superior Fab Lab, where they can connect with um, somebody who, who's a blacksmith or who knows electronics, whatever their needs are, now we're keeping that here. We're keeping them connected and we're helping accelerate their idea to the point of developing that product, that service, that local business. Because people who have that idea, I think very rarely have a full idea of what it takes to bring it to fruition. Correct. You know, I've, I've got uh, the skill to do this, mm -hmm. but I need business help. Right. Uh, or I need marketing help. I need money. Right. You know, where do I come up with the money to do this? Right. And so it's, it's, it, the thing is, is that it can be done here. I mean, there are resources, um, you know, throughout the state, you know, in other states, but honestly, it's sometimes it's just a matter of helping these people open their eyes and realize, you know what, we can help you. And there are people here that can help you succeed. And that's, again, on the making side, that's really where we come in and where we want to help. Okay. So this is the Superior Maker Fest. It's coming up Saturday, March 18th, noon until five. It'll be at Houghton High School. Uh, who should come to this? Well, well, everybody. Everyone. <laughs> right. uh, uh, that's a good, I know it's a generic question, but specifically, you know, who might be interested in this? If somebody has no idea they want to make something, uh, maybe they don't go to it. But uh, what types of things? Uh, making is, is such a, a wide, broad subject. Uh, do you narrow it down at all? Or, or what if I want to make uh, clothing? What if I want to make crops? Right. <laughs> well, so I will say this. So one of the things that we are uh, having is we're having a, a competition that you can um, you can sign up beforehand and we're going to have and anybody from all ages can compete. So if you, you know, t Todd, have you made anything with wood, metal, electronics, um, plastic, or uh, textiles that you would like to submit. I work exclusively with air. See, you know what? You're the second person. We'll have a gas category next year. I, I actually had somebody say, "Well, I just make up things out of thin air," and I'm like, "Well, maybe next year our theme will be something, you know, along those lines." And you'll be on our list, Todd. To there'll sign be up. there. I'll be out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm a maker of sorts, but uh, everything I make immediately disappears into thin air. <laughs> well, so. if we could somehow capture that, you know, and, and save it for next year. But no, all kidding aside, we do have uh, these competitions where we're going to have different, uh, um, what do I say, judges representing uh, these five different areas, uh, these five elements of making. And so anybody in the community at, at any age, if they've created something neat over the last you know, year plus, register, sign up. It's free to, to sign up as a, a competitor. And then you'll get to show off your, your creation there. And, and I think we're almost up to about um, 
well, we've had a number of people sign up for this already. So you'll be able to see what other people have created in our community. You'll get to walk around and see them. But then at the end of the day, we're going to highlight and, and point out who wins in one of these five areas. And what are the five areas? Refresh us on that again. I, I, kinda, I said it already, I guess. It's um, creations made out of metal, wood, plastic, textiles. So you're talking about anything from cloth to... to Crochet. Crochet. Um, and fiber then, arts, I fiber suppose. Arts. Right, and mm -hmm. electronics. Okay, so those are the five areas, and Correct. if you've got something uh, sitting in the garage or the workroom or mm -hmm. the basement or the attic or wherever mm -hmm. you do it, you certainly might want to get involved with this. Now, if I have something like this, how do I go about signing it up? Great question. You just go right to our website, superiorfablab.com. Uh, there's a link to our event page, and on there there's a place where you can register. Does it cost anything to enter? Nothing, not nope. at all. Does it cost anything to go to the Maker Fest? No, nope. nothing. This is open to the community. Of course, we'll we'll be taking uh, uh, donations if you feel that you'd like to donate to our organization and to this event. Um, but otherwise, no. This event is free to all. So it's coming up again on the eighteenth uh, of March, noon until five, at Houghton High School. Where at the high school? Mainly in the cafeteria and surrounding area. It's a big place. One. Don't want people to get lost. Right. So, so uh, what kind of things am I going to see if I go to this? Uh, there'll be some things on display. What might I, what might I look at? Well, so there's the, the com competition, uh, the items that people have entered to just show off and maybe win a prize. And then we have a bunch of vendors um, that are either like they could be new this might be their very first show. Okay. Um, we've got a, a stained glass vendor. That is, this is her very first show. And we have some um, very experienced vendors, like Chicken Tramper is going to have their their bags. And um, Chris Schmidt from Studio 13 mm -hmm. will have his graphic designs there. Okay, so um, this will be woodworking. someplace where I might buy some of their product? Certainly. Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. That's the hope. So we've got woodworking, textiles, um, metal, metalwork. Um, laser engraved, 3D printed items. Um, we'll have some demonstration of clay hand building and wheel throwing. Um, worm com composting, and then we're going to have some awesome food vendors too. That's right. So, <laughs> right after I mean, where, where there's people, there needs to be food, right? Well, one, so, one, right. Can, one can create from food. Right. right. I've created some really interesting things from food over wow, the Wow, maybe we need to have a food theme next year. Yes. That's well, what, yes. That's what we're hearing, Todd. So we're yes. going to make this for you next year. So, But no, otherwise, right. to add to that, we, we are going to be having um, presenters every 30 minutes. There'll be somebody new, and we have a schedule um, on our website as well. Um, so, but then there will be these hands-on activities. Um, so these activities, like I said, we'll, we're going to have uh, Lego competitions. So there'll be a group, there'll be a table, table where you can have beginners and advanced folks. Um, there'll be a theme that's pulled out, and you have to create something within about 15, 20 minutes. And then the, the, the winner of that section will get a small little figurine and surprise. And that's not just for students. You know, if you are an adult and you have a passion for Legos, you can, you can participate. Well, that was going to be my next question. What age group is this aimed toward? Are we looking for adult people who make things? Are we looking for high school kids? Are we looking for younger kids? What's the, what's the range that's appropriate? Uh, we're looking for all ages. I think some of the events are going to be really exciting for kids. If we have like a come and build it here, win a competition, um, that's going to bring in a lot of families with kids. Um, and we've tried to 
tailor the event to have value for older adults as well, um, especially when it comes to some of the vendors and getting to meet other makers in the community. Um, I think it's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of good effects for if I'm coming there and I just have projects I work on at home. I may not have kids. I may not be entering anything. I may not buy something. But I'm going to meet people, have interesting conversations, and see some informative presentations. But this would be an event then that would be appropriate for a family to come to. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. very much so. In addition, we do have a number of student groups who'll, who will be highlighting some of what they create in schools as well. So so it's um, because there's some fantastic things that they make, obviously, at the at the K twelve level, and and we want to highlight those those uh, those things. So if you also represent a student group in the community here, and you're listening to this, reach out to us because we're we have some more room for student groups. So if you um, have something you'd like to highlight and share, let us know. Kirsten, do you have room for additional vendors? Uh, not really. <laughs> nope. I mean, it's, it's been quite popular. I mean, that's the thing. Well, I'm, first of all, I'm glad of that. Yes. Right. And secondly, you know, at least we know now. Uh, but if it's something that you're interested in being a vendor in next year, then keep an eye right. out for it. And right. Maybe you can set up a tent in the parking lot. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is our response has been very... Uh, uh, amazing, you know, I would say over mm -hmm. the last couple months to the point where we have our presentation schedule all taken care of and we've had to recheck our dimensions of our floor space to ensure we've got enough room yeah. for the vendors we currently have and everything else. So um, we're having good problems to deal with here for our, our inaugural event. Yeah, it's excellent, excellent to see that kind of response to this and right. it's an exciting uh, sounding thing and well, if you have a love for getting your hands on and building things, this is something you'll certainly want to be going to. Again, it's coming up on the 18th of March, noon until 5. And if you want to find out more about it, go to superiorfablab.com. You got it. Yep. And you can find out all the information there. Kirsten Hensley and Alex Herzl and Jason Mack, thank you for coming in. Oh, gosh. Thank, thank, you, you. thank you. Good luck with your event. Copper Country Today continues in a moment.